morning, beautiful Heart of the City Church family. Happy 13th anniversary. I wanted to read this scripture out of Psalm 126. It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And hasn't the Lord done great things for us? I think about corporately what we've got to see in each other's lives and individually the things that God has done over the 13 years. Deuteronomy um, 8.2 says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And we all have this journey and we're looking back and remember whatever year it was that you joined us of all that God has done. But personally, we think about the beginning when Heart of the City Church just was a little thing in our hearts and in God's hearts. 13 years ago, we were sent out of City Harvest Church in Vancouver, Washington. And I still remember that moment when we drove into Coeur d'Alene and it was home now. There's a difference between coming and visiting a place and it being your home. And I've heard so many stories of the rest of you. Same thing, right? It's like we're driving in and this is home. This is our promised land. So our first service we held in our house, and that was the only time we could hold the service in our house. And we moved to 15th Street, just some history. We're at Harding Family Center. And then we met briefly at at, uh, Fernand Elementary. We met at Seventh-day Adventist. And then we had a home on Indiana Street. And then we purchased our first building on Emma. And then who remembers, for two months, we were actually in the fairgrounds with the horses and the cows. And we grew while we were there. And then we now are in our home here at Emma Street. And we're just so amazed at all that God has done for the church, for the people, the people that have come to know Christ, and really how our city has changed from us being here. You know, everyone say, remember with me. How many of you know it's important to remember? They would put up pillars when God did amazing things so that they would remember, the generations would remember. I remember the rally at the fairground. Come on, somebody. Huh? It was beautiful. I remember the salvations. Many, many people have come to know Christ and the water baptisms and, and the weddings and, and the baby dedications. And we remember uh, the kids' camp, even the last kids' camp. You know, seeing that, it just was beautiful on video. We were out of town, but it was just amazing in Honduras at the time. We remember the youth camps, and we remember the man camp that just happened, and all the women's gatherings, the, 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 the luncheons, and meeting at the five star on the mountain, and the men at the zero star down by the river. Come on, somebody. Huh? We, rem- we remember all the weekly city groups. They met in the temple, and they met from house to house. If you're not in a city group today, you should really get into one, because I'm going to tell you right now, that's where you make connections. We remember all the, the weekend celebrations, the gatherings, like, like this week. Many lives have been changed over one year. You're going you're gonna to see that a little bit more in just a few minutes. Many lives. We've weathered many storms and come out the other side. How many know when God starts a thing, he's going to finish it? He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's faithful to the very end. God is building his church. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 16, 18. I see that God is building one thing on the face of the earth and his church. It's his church and we want to be right in the middle of it. It says this in, in, in Matthew 
And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build, look, look, look right there, capital M, my church. How many of you know it's his church? We're his bride. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. How many know that hell tries to prevail? How many of you have had hell try to prevail in your life this year? Oh, three or four of you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He, he hates you. But you know what? God's not going to allow him or hell to prevail. You know why? We have victory in Jesus Christ. We fight from a place of victory. We're overcomers. Amen? We have a, a video right now, just for a few minutes, sit back, kind of relax. We're going to look back on the year of all the beautiful things that the Lord has done. Oh, we just worship you, Lord. I pray for all the people who don't know that will just know you, Lord, that other missionaries will just spread around the world. And I pray for all the people who don't have food and water, that just have just dirty clothes and not, just never have a mom. And if they step on glass, they don't have any mom or anyone to kiss their outies. And I just, I just pray for them to get a mom and dad and someone will just love them and care for them. And I just pray. I pray for all of them. Amen.
Psalm 66, 5 says this, Come and see what God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for his people. Isn't it cool to take a glimpse back at that video and see what God's done in the last year? Amen. So there's been a little bit of a theme at my house recently. Uh, my kids, they love, one of, the, one of their favorite bedtime traditions is for me to tell them crazy stories about when I was a kid and the stupid things I did, right? But I've, God's put it on my heart just recently to start telling them about the miracles that he's done in my life. And I think it's so important that we take time to look back and see the miracles that God's done in our life. So this morning, I'm, I'm Ben Taves, and I'm honored to serve as the treasurer here at The Heart. And um, we're going to talk some business today. Say business. 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 But God's business is about do, doing miracles. It's about making stories of lives changed. And so I'm going to try to incorporate that as much as I can into the numbers that we're going to talk about. Um, I'd like to start out first, though, by uh, just recognizing some really important people um, that do a lot of work behind the, the scenes. This is our finance team. Um, these people, uh, they, they meet about quarterly. Um, we pray for our, the finances here. We steward them uh, the best we can. There's a wealth of wisdom um, and, and there's, there's a, you know, experience in all different areas, everything from accounting to nonprofit organizations, small businesses. Um, there's just a lot, a wealth of wisdom that goes into planning and managing the finances here at the heart. And so I just, I just want to make sure that I recognize them. So we also, along with that finance committee, we have a subcommittee made up entirely of non-staff members. Um, and that team is uh, the compensation subcommittee. What they do is they make recommendations to the eldership on the staff compensation. Now, it's important to have no staff on that. And um, what we do is we use, we utilize research of similar sized churches to help determine fair compensation for our staff. That's the right way to do it, and that's how we do it. I want you guys to be um, confident in how we manage the finances here. So I'm going to offer a quick overview of the heart's finances. Um, in my experience, there are primarily two groups of people, those who like numbers like me and those who, whose eyes kind of glaze over as soon as we start mention numbers, right? Now, I recognize that there's probably fewer that love the numbers in this group, so I'm going to give you a high-level overview of our finances. If you love numbers, and you'd like to look at the details, we do have a document at the Connect booth that you can pick up. If you have any questions about that after you look at it, I'd love to talk with you because I like to talk numbers. So, so one thing that I think it's really important to know is that there's stories built into the numbers. Um, we know that God cares about numbers because he named a book Numbers, <laughs> right? But numbers are only important if they're tracking something that is important. So I'll give you one thing that God tracks. The, the scriptures say that he numbers the hairs on your head. So guess what he thinks of you? He thinks you're important. So numbers are important to God, but they're only important in if they're tracking something important. So we have, here at the heart, we have a fiscal year that starts in 
April and goes through March 31st. And we do that because um, we have the, the sound and we have all this vision time. And then we, um, we wanted to have that time for prayer and fasting and seeking what God wants. And then we make our budget after that. So uh, that's where our fiscal year starts in April. So we can do the budgeting process more like in February and March. What you see here, and this is, this is part of the story. What you see here is the story of generosity of your generosity. You see a story, you see a story of growth, but let me talk about the little details within the story because when you see a number up there, it means that somebody sacrificed. It means somebody obeyed when God put it on their heart to give, right? So there's a story about every dollar that was given to this body, to this church, and that's a beautiful thing. The next slide is um, I, I think of stewardship when I think of the next slide. Um, stewardship definition is the, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. We recognize that it's a sacred trust when you give to the church. Um, God's given you uh, resources, financial resources, and you're trusting us to manage them well. And so this is um, an example of how we manage them. It shows the expenses. Uh, like most organizations, we have a lot of our expenses go to the staff. A lot goes to the facilities. Um, but it, one, one way of seeing that we manage it well is there's money available afterwards for us to continue on projects like the commercial kitchen, like the uh, expansion to new buildings, because as God grows this congregation, we need more space, right? So there's also uh, another, another indication that's managed well is that we're able to give outside of the, these walls. So we call that over-the-wall giving. We're a city church. And as a city church, we believe that we are to sow into our community. We're, we're, we're meant to, and, and if we didn't manage well, we wouldn't be able to do this, but we're meant to overflow into our community. And these are the ways that we've overflowed into this community this year. And we were able to do over $108,000 of over-the-wall giving. So finally, we have a big win that we get to talk about today. How many of you would like to have your mortgage paid off? As soon as possible, right? <laughs> so, so this year, um, this, in the last, actually in the last month, uh, our, our financial team uh, made a proposal, and it was approved by the eldership, to use this strategy of a line of credit to take $250,000 of our savings and pay down our loan on this property. Our only, our only debt as a, as a congregation is the loan on this property. And by paying that down $250,000, we are able to save $338,000 in interest and pay this place off 5.5 years early. Is that cool? So, when I think about my, I tell my stories, these, my, my kids these stories at night, and um, I talk about the miracles that God's done. And why do I tell them those stories? I tell them because I want them to have faith to step forward in what God calls, calls them to do and to be, right? 
So all of the looking back is meant to build faith in us to move forward. So can you say, what's next? I'm glad you asked because pastors J.O. and Ray Dean are going to share with us what's next. Thank you, Karen. I want to do this before we continue. I did this last night, and, and uh, I, I believe it's very important that we do that. I want to thank Ben. Ben has been with us for many, many, many years. He is, he is truly a numbers man. I've asked him before, Ben, you really like, because I'm the one that I'm not all about the numbers. Ben, you really like numbers? He's like, yes, I really like numbers. He's a Zags graduate, and him and Alicia is just a wonderful family here at the church. Their kids, just the other day, two of them were on the worship team in children's ministry. He reminds me of Daniel, a man with an excellent spirit. If you know if you know Ben, you know how excellent he is. So thank you, Ben, for all that you do for many, many years. Uh, our mission here is to be a people after God's own heart. If you're new, we are to be a people after God's own heart. Will you say that with me? To be a people after God's own heart. Isn't that a beautiful mission? We believe that we're going to do that in four different ways. Number one, know God. Will you say that with me? Know God. Number two, find freedom. Come on, find freedom. Number three, discover our purpose. God wants you to discover your purpose. And I love this one. Number four, make a difference. He doesn't call you just to warm the seat, but he calls you to make a difference. The other day we were, uh, just got to do something beautiful last week. It was our 29th anniversary. And we try, yeah, you can applaud that. That's a win. 29 years you should live with this dude for 29 years it's a win and so we uh, like to take a motorcycle ride and we was up in Missoula and there on the side of the mountain is a big M and we went up there and what was amazing is as we hiked as we went up higher if we stayed low you couldn't see very much but as we climbed the mountain you could see the valley open up you could see the campus of the university you could see the river everything got larger uh, as you began to climb as your vision uh, goes higher you're able to see further if you stay down in the valley it's really hard to see some people live in the valley just day in and day out we're here to get you to lift up your eyes because I want to let you know the higher you go the further you see the higher you go the further you see the higher you go, the further, get out of your valley. The higher you go, get out of the despair ditches. Come on, out of your ruts. The higher you go, the, go with me. The higher you go, the further you see. You need to know that. And we're here to help you get out of that rut today because we want to take you higher with vision, get you out of the valley to encourage you to lift up your eyes. Will you climb with us just for a few minutes? Tell your neighbor right now, climb. Come on, tell your other neighbor, climb. I want you to listen to the scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 9. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. God gave us this chapter coming into Coeur d'Alene. He gave us the word copper. This is a very, very powerful chapter to us because Coeur d'Alene is a good land. A land of brooks and water and fountains and springs flows out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs, 
trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of the hills you can dig copper. And that copper, I don't have time to go into today, is a huge word in the sense of God helping us and using that word to plant Heart of the City Church. You probably won't find me without wearing copper because we were so touched by that word. CDA is a place that God wants to reach. He wants to reach your neighbors. He wants to reach those in school. He wants to reach those that work with you. He wants us to reach the nations out of this place. Two things I want to share with you quickly in the area of, of the two facets of the vision of Heart of the City. First one is this, evangelism. Will you say that with me, evangelism? And number two, equipping. Say that with me, equipping. We have an ongoing tension of reaching the lost and yet equipping the saints. Reaching the lost and equipping. And it's a good tension. Because God wants us to do that. God wants us to be here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, equip in the area of families, equip in the area of the word of God. But he still wants us to reach the lost. If you're one year in the Lord or 50 years in the Lord, we're to equip you. And at the same rate, we are to reach the lost in our city. Why? Because never forget the mission of Jesus Christ, which is absolutely written in Luke 10, 19. It says this. I'm sorry, Luke. 1910, I got a little dyslectic on that. <laughs> For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Amen? Don't never forget his mission. So you're probably wondering, well, what's my part in this big picture and this big vision? And I just kind of have this allegory of that we're all on a journey like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And so I'm just going to walk through that with you. The first thing the woman at the well did is she came to know God. Out of John 4.10, it says, Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. And the next thing that happened to her is she found freedom. John chapter 4, verses 15 through 19, Sir, the woman said, give me the water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go and call your husband, he told her and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. She found freedom in that moment. The next thing that happened was she discovered purpose. John chapter 4, verses 20, uh, 28 and 29. Then the one left her water jar, went into town, and told the men, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. And lastly, she made a difference. John chapter 4, verses 39 through 41. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. Therefore, when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said. We are the Samaritan woman. We each have a story of an encounter with Jesus where we came to know God. And if you haven't yet, you'll have a beautiful opportunity this morning. We are all in a process of finding freedom from the things that weigh us down and keep us back from discovering, discovering our purpose 
and making a difference, which God has for each of us to make a difference in our families, in our communities, this city, and even the world. How beautiful is that? That one woman, a Samaritan, uh, one woman impacted the entire city. Yeah. We're always looking for an army. We're always looking for the multitudes. How many know that God gets the glory when it's three, when it's one, when it's a remnant, when it's you getting out of the boat and saying, I'm going to make a difference in my city. This one woman, one encounter with Jesus, and she changed the entire city. Like Radine said, we are that woman that we're called to change our city in Coeur How many of you believe that with me today? I hope you get a hold of that because if you don't, you will never catch the fire and the passion in our hearts for our city because we believe that fire and passion is from Jesus Christ. I want to share in the last few moments of our time here is that see what God has done, just in facts and figures, just for a few moments of what God's done in our city uh, over the last fiscal year. If you had put up that one right there, uh, over the last fiscal year, March to April, each one of those dots represents 10 baptisms. 141 people have gotten water baptized this year. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Can someone say that's a celebration? That's a win? Come on, somebody. We want to make it hard absolutely hard for people to go to hell in our city and it's not about just us two or a small staff it's about you catching on fire and you doing the same thing because as we catch on fire we're going to be a small uh, fire in the city and we can make a difference look at this next one this is beautiful look at that decisions for Jesus Christ I just want to get up and dance and jump around and you know, listen, put that back up, please. Thank you. Each heart represents 10 decisions. That might be someone coming to know Christ for the very first time, or it might be someone who's made a decision to come back to Christ. But over the fiscal year of, of 2018 into 2019, we saw 838 people come to know Jesus Christ. You know how that happens? When you reach out to people, when you invite them to church, when you share the gospel with them, come on, when you are Jesus in our city, we are a city set on a hill. We are a light to this world, amen? No matter where we are, we are to be carriers of that gospel of Jesus Christ. We have another beautiful aspect of the vision that's coming in, taking place in 2020 by the grace of God. We feel like the Lord wants us to plant a campus downtown Coeur d'Alene. Uh, we're going to continue to affect people in this area, but we're going to affect people downtown. Uh, we believe that we can reach NIC and all the homes way downtown in Coeur d'Alene, kind of like where we came out of. And so Craig's going to come up and just kind of give the next aspect of how we're going to continue to reach our city. Because if you don't know by yet... We really believe we can reach our city, amen? We can do it. We can do it, amen? God bless you. We put your hands together for our lead pastors. Hundred and fifty seven thousand six hundred and thirty seven people living in Kootenai County. And every one of them matters to the heart of God. Every one of them. Not just a number. You're not just a number, although you're one of those 157,000, 156,000. 
I don't know what number you are, but you're not just a number. You're a person that matters. And because every one of those people matter, we're going after them. And so we're always reaching. We're always expanding. We're always growing. And so that's why we're planting a campus. Say that with me, campus. I need to make something really clear. I just want to emphasize what our lead pastor said because I want you to know you're always going to hear it the same from every one of us. Even as Jessica and I are sort of set out to lead this campus at the beginning, it's never going to change. This is not a church plant. There's a difference between a church plant and a campus, just so everybody knows. A church plant is an autonomous church where they go out on their own and they start something new and God does something in a different uh, church family. What we're doing is we're, we're planting a campus, which means same eldership, same leadership, same sermon series, same financials, all, everything the same, just a different location. It'd be like us starting a Saturday night service or a, or a Sunday night gathering. Uh, it's just a different time. In this case, it's just a different location. One church, multiple locations. Does that make sense to everybody? So we're excited what we're doing. And we're just, you know, the, the first campus is just the beginning. Who knows? We might go to Post Falls after that or Kellogg. or We don't know what God is going to do. But this is just one step in, in reaching our county, reaching our cities. And so we're really excited about where God is taking us and, uh, and about the, the fruit that he's already bearing in this family and the more fruit that he wants to bear. So we're planting a campus. Our intention is to go downtown with that campus. Now I want to describe this to you like this. Uh, like I said, it, it's the same church. And so imagine that if you, uh, maybe for Christmas, you came into some money and you decided, I'm gonna, we're going to buy both our son and our daughter a bicycle for Christmas the same year. And you want it to be fair, so you go out and buy the same exact bicycle, but has different colors. Everything about their, their, their presents are the same except for a different color. 95% of the bicycle is the same, different colors. That's probably going to, what it's going to be like. Campus down there, where our intention is that as many things as possible are going to be exactly the same as right here. But it might just be a little bit different, you know, a different color. And the second significant thing is when you give those gifts to your kids is you might wrap them in different wrapping paper. And so our first campus, what we're going to do this next year is we're going to wrap up part of the city church in a different wrapping paper. So I'd like to illustrate it like this for you. In Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul and some friends, they were traveling around, uh, the, they were traveling around Greece to different cities. And when they showed up in Athens, you might remember the story, they noticed that there's, that there's temples and idols to all these different gods. And they walk around and they say, they say to the people, wow, we noticed that you guys are very religious. They compliment them. And they say, but we noticed one idol was to an unknown god. Now to what... To you, what is unknown, let me describe to you. And they go on to preach the entire gospel of Jesus using something that was already in their culture and turning it to point them to the truth. Instead of just bashing them and telling them, man, you're, you're so full of idol worship, he uses what they had and he, he uses it to steer them to the truth. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I want to read one verse for you, Acts 17, 17. It says this. So he, Paul, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons. The synagogue was like the church. And this is this word, and. He reasoned in the synagogue or the church with all the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with the people who happened to be there. If you remember in Acts 17, there's this place called the Areopagus, and it's where all the thinkers and the people in the marketplace like to hang out. And so Paul, what they would do is they'd go into the church buildings and minister to people that were there, but they would also go into the marketplace. And so I'd like to introduce to you what we're going to be doing by God's leading, by God's will uh, this next year 
is our first campus wrapped in the wrapping paper of Bridges Coffee. That's our intention, is that we're going to plant a Heart of the City Church campus in the form of a coffee shop. Now, let me just, I'm going to talk a lot about bridges right here, but I just want to remind you, everything about Heart of the City Church is what we're doing. You're going to see this logo, Bridges, quite a bit. I'm going to talk about Bridges because that's very unique for us to do a coffee shop. Not a lot of people are doing that, but I want to just quickly explain to you why we're doing that and, and I hope that you, you, your heart would get on board with us. But again, just to emphasize, what we're doing is planting a church wrapped in the coating of a coffee shop. And so Bridges Coffee is coffee with a cause. I want to describe for you five bridges or five relationships that we hope to accomplish through planting this. Number one, we hope to create a space where people can connect with people. So our hope is that through this coffee shop that it would be like a living room for the city. Uh, that a place, you know, Monday through Saturday, there can be this, this space where people will feel comfortable to come into, and then it's a coffee shop Monday through Saturday, and then Saturday night and Sunday morning, we, we throw up the banners and we do church just like normal, but Monday through Saturday, it's this living room for the city where people can come in and build relationship with each other. That's coffee with a cause. Number two, a place where we can build relationship with people. You know, whether it's our, our staff working in the cafe or, or our church staff, or whatever it is, that as people come in, that we can build relationship with them. I've already begun talking to our, our leadership team that are going to be down there running the, the cafe portion of the campus, and we, we've already begun using this term. Our commodity is not going to be coffee. Our commodity is relationship. And food and beverage is just an excuse for that. Okay, so this is the vision, friends. Remember, we're, we're planting a church campus, not, not a business, but we're using a business in hopes that it would be another front door. I mean, do you know anybody in your life that, that if you asked them to come to church, they, they, you ever heard this term before? Oh, I can't walk into church, it'll catch on fire. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know when people say that? Man, I'm so glad that you're here, and whatever it was that God did in your heart to, to bring you here, it's not about the building, but it's about the faith community, but we all know people. It might be your brother. It might be your sister. It might be your business partner. It might be the, the person across the street from you. It might be the, the kid that skates by your house every day smoking weed. I don't know who it is in your world, but there are people out there that wouldn't just walk into a church. But there are people out there that go to Starbucks every day and Coeur Coffee, every, Evans Brothers every day. And so what would it be like if we could just create an atmosphere that somebody just might feel comfortable enough to go into where we could build a relationship with them? That's our hope. Number three, our third bridge that we want to build is, is an actual connection with our suppliers. Wouldn't it be cool if we could buy our coffee from a village that we actually know where it comes from? Maybe just some family. Maybe we can know some families' names and, and what we're going to support through that. And so that's our hope. That's coffee with a cause. Number four, we hope to create not a new, but an even better relationship with our city. We're going to do this in a few ways. And one of the ways that I'm personally most excited about is that our goal with this coffee shop is that we're going to donate 100% of our profits back to our city. Whether we make $5, whether we make $5 or $5 million, we're going to give it all back to our city. And I'm, I'm, I think that that's really cool because I think it's going to do two primary things. Number one, as people are considering, well, what coffee shop should we go to and have our business meeting or, you know, whatever it is, get my morning coffee on the way to work. My thought is that that's going to be a huge draw to people. If they're thinking, should I go to Starbucks and feed the giant or should we go, oh, that place donates everything that they make to our city and charities and, and schools and whatever it is in this city. I think that that's going to draw people in. 
And it's cool because our purpose in starting this, this business is not to make their money. We don't, we don't need them. You know, we're going to donate it anyway. It's, it's to get them in the door so we can build a relationship with them. And so, but I think it'll draw people in. And the second thing I think it's going to do is it's going to send an even greater message to our city and our, and our leadership and our mayor and the city council and to, to all the people that don't yet find themselves in the faith community. It's going to send the message that the God that we serve is a God of lavish generosity. And also that God's people are people of lavish generosity. Wouldn't it be cool if Christians were known to be givers, not takers? And so, uh, you know, like you saw, we give, we've, we've begun a trajectory of giving over the wall. And it's our hope that we'll get to at least 10% of our budget. And I think that this is going to really help us with that. That's coffee with a cause. And the fifth and uh, last but not least, in fact, it's the primary reason, is that we we would hope that the coffee shop and the church and everything that we do would help people build relationship with God. Just, just so you know, like, the word business is not scary to God. Jesus was a businessman too, you know. He said he was about his father's business. So I just want to remind you, we're, we're, we're going to attempt to start this coffee shop business, but it's not for business. It's for people to come to know God. And it's our hope that just in, in wrapping the church in the wrapping paper of a coffee shop, that it just might be one more way that we can reach people in order that they would come to know the heart of God and have a, a bridge or a relationship with him. That's coffee with a cause, and that's church with a cause. And that's what we're going after. So you could probably imagine what's coming next. We need to raise some money to make this happen. So I just got to tell you about it. We need to raise, uh, by all of our calculations, we're looking to raise about $275,000. Now, I know that that probably feels like a lot of money. That's a lot of money to me. I'm sure it's a lot of money to you, and it might feel like a big number, but I believe that together we can do this. And I, I want to announce to you that uh, just in terms of the finances, we have a whole lot of momentum. Before, any do, before doing any public fundraising, before us asking... I don't think we've really asked any of you for money. Uh, before doing any of that, I want to announce to you that right now, to date, we have $107,168.71. Man, that's amazing to me. And, and if, Lord willing, if our fiscal years continue, continues just what's already budgeted, we're going to add another 12640 to that equaling $119,808.71. Now, I like to say every penny because every, every penny matters when, when people are giving and sacrificing towards something. So if you are a numbers person, Ben, then you might have done the math, and, uh, and, and you could see that what we still need is $155,000 or so. Now, that is a lot of money. I understand. Uh, but you know what? Again, I think that we could do it together. And God is providing for us. And if God is giving us the vision, he is going to provide for the vision. And so what we're asking you to do right now, here, here's the invitation. And just, just know from my heart and our hearts, I don't think any of us pastors, we, we don't like to, to twist anybody's arm or, or manipulate or anything like that. I really don't like talking about money a whole lot at all. So I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to invite you not to do what I want, but just to, would you, over the next four weeks, you and your family unit, whatever that looks like, whether you're a single person or maybe a couple or, or a whole family with a bunch of kids, I just would invite you, 
as part of our faith community, would you get together over the next four weeks and just pray and discuss together and just say, Lord, would you have us give anything towards this? Would you have us sow anything towards this? And I just got to say this. This is not like you would just say, hey, we'll just take our norm, normal tithes that we would, that we're normally going to give and we'll just give it towards the new campus. That's, that's really not how it, it works because we still have to operate the church the way that we've planned. What this is, we're asking you to consider giving an offering above and beyond what you would normally give. I recognize that that would take a sacrifice. Me and my wife have, have already made that decision. And so if, you, if you're thinking, you know, if you don't know right now in this moment what you might be able to do or not do, that's a good thing. I actually would prefer that you don't know right now in this moment what you could do. Why? Because I'm just asking that you would seek God, approach God, and then just listen to whatever he says. And so that we would not make the decision right now based on what we know of our finances or based on what we know of our current situation, but that we would just pray and just ask. And we wanna give you four weeks to do that and just say, Lord, would you, just, would you just tell me, would you tell us, is there a number? And if there is and he speaks it to you, I just wanna encourage you, put courage in you to know that if God asks you to do something, he's with you and he will, he will take care of you. And if he doesn't ask you to, then, then don't do it. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna twist your arm, we're not gonna beat you up. But as we begin to give over the ne these next four weeks, I want you to know that an anonymous group of 20 people got together and in the year 2019, they said, we wanna put up the first $19,000 matching towards whatever it is that the church family gives. So just keep that in mind as you consider what you might give, that there's a group of people that are gonna, are gonna match the first 19,000 that comes in. So we're really excited about that. 155,000 is what we need. And I know that that feels like a lot of money, but I'll just tell you this, that if, if there happen to be 300 family units in this church that we're willing to give and just split it up. If there was just 300 family units, that'd be about $517 per family. If there was 400 family units in this church that decided to give, that'd be about $387 per family. If there was 500 family units, which I think we might, we might just have four or 500 family units or, or, or people or, or couples in this church, that'd only be $310 per family and it'd all be, it'd all be done. So I don't know if, if those numbers are a lot to you or a little to you. Just hear, hear my heart on this. We're not trying to convince you to give a certain dollar amount. What I think would be more important to us is that everybody would get involved. You know, the Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart is. Where your heart is, your treasure is. And so maybe it's, maybe it's you know, a kid in kids ministry that's given 10 cents. That 10 cents matters because that heart matters because we can't do this, uh, any one of us, we need to do this together. And so, thank you so much. Um, I just, I know it's a little really practical, but I just gotta point this out to you over the next four weeks, if you do decide to give, if you just take a look at this slide, this is uh, our push pay, it's an app or online. If you give that way, um, just make sure that you go into that little section that's circled under giving type and just click new campus instead of tithes or offerings or missions if you want to give towards this specific thing to make sure it goes to the right place. And, and you know, a million dollars, that's just an example. You don't have to give that amount. It's just, you know, 
It's up to you. But And then the second option in, in, in front of the seat is those little cards, if that's the way that you prefer to give. Again, just make sure you actually write in pen or whatever, new campus under that other line, just so we can make sure that we steward the giving that you give well and make sure it goes to the right place. So I know that's super practical. And uh, I, I don't know, you know, what you're feeling in your spirit right now about that invitation, but I just want to say thank you in advance. You've always been such a generous church. This isn't about me and Jess. This isn't about any uh, couple, few of us. This is about us together and our leadership, our eldership. We're, we're really trying to hear the heart of God and, and just do what he wants us to do. And so we're pursuing this. And so thank you so much for being with us in, in uh, moving forward into the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're, we're so thankful for all that he's done and we're moving forward for what he's gonna do next. Will you stand to your feet with me? As much as we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the details and the numbers and if you pick up the packet at the booth on the way out, you'll see all of them. I just wanna remind you, friends, that all of this is not about the numbers. All of this, all that we're trying to do is not about buildings. All that we're trying to pursue is not about programs. It's most certainly not about coffee. What God has in his heart is always about people. It's always about people. So I hope that your heart is with us. I hope that your pursuit is with us. Come on now, for all we've seen, we ain't seen nothing yet. Are you ready? For all that God has done in 13 years, he's got 13 more. Come on, are you ready? Are you?